0: Last week on the 70s Weekly Countdown with Mark and Pete. Oh, good news, everybody. We've all got food poisoning. <laughs> listening. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe we should start a secret society. Mm. And, and what would it be and who would belong to it? It would be secret, so.
1: Yeah. It would be,
0: <laughs> well, as
1: soon as we lose our listeners, maybe it would be this
0: podcast. Yeah, Se- secret 70s countdown. Society,
2: long enough of being alone, everyone must I
1: have no idea who this is. Oh, come on <laughs> Well, I, w- I was going to say that. This has been going on for 47 episodes. So there's Ace Fraley. There's the Bob Weir record, Ace. There's the band Ace of Bass, right? Did, do you know anyone that had a nickname of Ace? Well, there's the operating system. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was shocked you didn't bring that up. <laughs> Well,
1: you learned that at Edo University.
0: Yes. Who are doing well in the NCAA tournament right now. (laughs) You
1: know, it's like the Carpenters and Bob Denver, John Denver. Uh...
0: (laughs) Gilligan's in the countdown.
2: (laughs) Please, Gilligan, little
0: buddy. It's a good song. (laughs) Not as good as this song. (laughs) Similar themed records such as The Butt, Rump Shaker, and Baby Got Back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a <like> dragnet. <laughs> this is certainly the most famous song about a hungry hobo who has to dance for his dinner, like the guy that uh, you met today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this wasn't your wedding song,
0: was it? No. No, actually the Birth of Butt Boogie was my wedding
1: song. so
2: beautiful.
1: <laughs> I gotta turn this off because I can't stand it.
0: Hello again, and welcome to the 70s Weekly Countdown with Mark and Pete, a show where two friends review a randomly chosen American Top 40 episode from the 1970s, the most interesting decade in pop music. My name is Mark Roback, and with me is my friend and co-host, Peter Gardo. Hello, Peter.
1: What's happening? Hey, Mark. Well, spring is kind of springing. And uh, I was bringing in the garbage can this afternoon and their forsythia has started to pop what is it it's not is it daffodils that come out now
0: yeah those come out early yeah
1: yeah so those those have started to come out it was kind of like winter this morning a little bit of snow on the ground your former colleague was saying yesterday i got this thing on my phone saying that it's going to snow tonight and this and that you know they were fear casting again (laughs) and uh you know the steps were leaving the house this morning were a little. a little crusty but other than that it's kind of nice are, uh, are you polishing up your golf clubs
0: yeah yeah so um slated to play Monday I thought about you know I looked outside and it's like oh it looks kind of nice out there so it's like hmm, maybe I'll, I'll go to the driving range and I stepped outside No, <laughs> today was still like a winter day with the wind I, I, and and like 40 degrees basically I I can remember I golf once in November
1: and it was with, uh, my friend, Mark, not you and no Mark, you know, you stabbed me in the back the first time you get. And when you hit the ball, you know, it's 40 degrees out and you hit in your, and it just goes whang, right up, up the shaft and into your arms. And it, it was, it was not fun. I'll, I'll, I don't think I'll do that again. <laughs> no. And that was about 25 plus years ago.
0: Yeah. No, I got to roll like 50 degrees and no wind. And so it's it's interesting. They had a food truck come to my apartment complex. They have them come every once in a while, different ones. And I'm like, eh, maybe I'll grab something before we record. And so mm-hmm. I was out there, and the, the lady said, oh, it'll be about five minutes. Got uh, the their uh, taco sampler. And uh, she goes, if you want to wait in the uh, rental office, I'll, I'll bring it in to you. And I'm like, yeah. I go, you know. At the moment, I'm thinking, oh, it's not too bad, but I'm in about two minutes. I'm going to be freezing. Yes. <laughs> so,
1: when, when I walked out of the plant an hour and a half ago, and I walked around because I park in the front, and that wind just comes right at you. And it was I had a button up. So anyhow, spring is coming.
0: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, so, it'll be here. So uh, as you can tell, uh, Pete and I have been friends for a long time, thirty plus years. We met in college, and then ended up working together for a long time Um, in each of these episodes we'll review all 40 songs in the chosen week's countdown and provide some factual information on each song as well as our personal opinions stories and comments related to it at the end of the episode we will provide our individual choices for the best and worst song a song that we think will torture the other guy that we've labeled the agonizer and we'll give our individual a plus through f grade for the entire countdown Since nobody has the exact same taste in music, our opinions on individual songs may be controversial, but we otherwise intend to keep the conversation light, humorous, and hopefully entertaining. Remember, this is just a discussion, not a competition, so please no wagering.
1: All right, Mark. So this is episode 48 of the 70s Wicked Countdown with Mark and Pete, the American Top 40 for the week ending April 3rd, 1971. And the title of this episode is One Bad Apple Over the Line.
0: All right. So, do you know what you were doing in the beginning of April 1971?
1: Yeah, well, I was still in kindergarten. Five years old. will be six years old in, oh, three months. And uh, so I have to go to my father's date book. On this day in 1971, it says here, Yukon CJF meeting, 930 a.m. And, uh, I do not know what CJF is, but, uh, all through the first, the second and the third was the science fair. So I don't know if the science fair was at the university that my father, uh, taught at good right. stuff that my, my, my dad put down and, uh, and, uh, the next week was our spring vacation, uh, from, from school. And, uh, uh, so my father actually said spring vacation, not an awful, you know, like our, our colleague, Steve, I would ask him when his kids were in school, I says, one of your kids have spring vacations he says, I don't know. That's not my job. <laughs> <laughs> so on that following Monday, it says to long Island and back. And, uh, I'll give you a little bit more detail about that, that later. So I don't know who went to long Island and back and I'll tell you why in a bit. On on the eighth, the following Thursday, sister number two and three, it says teeth. I don't know if they were getting retainers. Uh, sister number three did get braces, but I think she was too young for braces. She would have been eight years old. Mm. You're, you're, she she was the only one that was able to get braces growing up. And then uh, one more thing on the on the second, it says RPI dedication, three p.m. And you know the. Uh, graduate center rpi oops big city graduate center uh uh, rensselaer was uh, rpi ran it they built a campus in the big city and i just saw that they're they're selling that campus they're getting out of it because everything's now remote and uh and that was put together by the corporation that it was at the time uh, that that we work for, and uh, lots of people that we work with would get would would get their RPI. What do you call that degree that everyone gets? And it, it looks good in your obituary. Uh, uh, advanced a master- MBA or the <laughs> MBA, the <That> MBA accelerated <laughs> MBA,
0: wasn't it? <laughs> <something> <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> they still could. <laughs> They still couldn't manage Jack. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> whoa.
2: You
1: know, it, it looks good, but, but there, that is a piece of property. It's like, you know, like 30 acres or something over there near, near the highway interchange.
0: Yeah. I, I didn't realize it went back that far. Uh, time wise.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually it was, it was started in the early sixties. There was an article in the paper uh, about it. And that, uh, you know, they're selling the property. So it's another thing that uh, they can uh, take our tax money in and, and a bunch of politicians can figure out how to build stuff. That always works out well. So
0: <laughs> yes. So you were in the first grade. So in the first grade, On um, I had Mrs. Block. That's about all I can tell you about this time <laughs> from my standpoint. But showing on channel 18, I got Gail's spy pad number seven. It's pink it's a 80 sheet memo book cost 25 cents (laughs) and this thing when i looked in in it for these dates it's like a treasure trove of pop culture of the time so oh i'm 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 tell me so well first kind of sadly personally gail's grandfather on her mother's side had just passed away so so the funeral Uh was on the 31st so she talked about that a little bit Actually, he passed away on the 31st. Uh, the funeral was on the 2nd. Then uh, right after that, she says, Dark Shadows isn't going to be on anymore, and I'll miss mm. it. So that mm. was, you know, that soap opera that was on ABC. It was like a vampire soap opera, right. a gothic type of thing. My sister watched it, too. And mm. when I was cleaning the house, I found this book that uh, Gail had saved this paperback, and it had Barnabas Collins on the front, and it had, like jokes and sayings of barnabas collins <laughs> I don't know. Hey,
1: was that a character on the show
0: yeah yeah he was the okay. the like elder vampire or whatever so
1: i i did not know about dark shadows until uh, recently and i don't think it was his podcast but just watching 70s tv like you know manix and six million dollar man and in kojak and some of the people i would look through their imdb things it would say dark shadows so I'm like what's dark shadows and and you explained what it was
0: yeah yeah right? yeah so it was uh, I've seen it uh, I think you could go watch a little bit of it on YouTube or something it's kind of kind of funny campy, kind of but soap opera ish mm-hmm. too Kate Jackson was on it actually oh okay yeah yep. yeah so then she says also the Partridge family is on it's neat also <laughs> n- Nanny and the professor is on it's neat and she <laughs> describes everything as neat. And I just, I, so I went off and I looked uh, on the internet. I was just curious about was neat in particularly in use at that time? And I didn't find anything specific, but I found some things and maybe I'll put some links in the show notes. It, it says every generation thinks uh, things are awesome, cool, and nice. And then it ranks like the other words you're used to for like that groovy adjective, right? and between Baby Boomers, Gen X, and and Total. So Total, Awesome is number one, quickly followed by Cool, then Nice, then Neat is number four. But then mm-hmm. if you look generationally, Neat is still number four at 22%, but Gen Xers, it's only 16, and, and Millennials, uh, only 12. Ah. So, so, and then, if you look at the the greatest dispersion it's it's like uh you know words it says here words baby boomers are more likely to use than millennials and and neat is one of the biggest ones in terms of a discrepancy that, oh, okay that, that millennials hardly use it and uh and baby boomers do so that that makes sense well
1: that's another reason to to say millennials stink. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: so anyway getting get beyond the neat stuff then she says my mother sent for tickets to see bobby sherman at the oakdale in july wow so i quickly skipped ahead to her spy pad number eight which is showing on channel 18 here it's a green one so this one's 19 cents and a hundred oh. sheets <laughs> wow, what yeah. a bargain. Yeah. It says, yeah, that her mom, her aunt Nancy and her cousin Debbie all went to see Bobby Sherman on Sunday, July 25th. Gail was sitting on the aisle and they had a whole bunch of guys holding hands along the aisle when Bobby came down it so nobody could jump out and grab him, but when he came by, Gail was sticking or she was sitting on the aisle and she stuck her arm out and touched him. She said, oh, that's "Everyone neat. She said everyone was screaming. And when he came back up the aisle, apparently flanked by policemen, she said she touched him again. (laughs) And she says there was also a cute drummer named Freddie, I guess, in his band or whatever. And then she quickly switches topics and she goes, I've been hearing a lot about the Osmonds. They are super fantastic, nice, wonderful, cool, out of sight double loving sweet and innocent guys then in all caps she says i love donnie and oh that's so that's a unique. few pages later in the <laughs> <laughs> there's a picture of him by the newspaper <laughs> yeah cut out and and pasted into her her, uh, her spy pad so that that is just that's beautiful like, so of this time i, I was wow. i was amazed yeah yeah so What's s- the best word to
1: describe this?
0: Uh neat. Neat, yeah.
1: <laughs> I forgot neat.
0: <laughs> you forgot already. Yeah. I like You're- <laughs> I want to bring back boss. I always liked boss. <laughs> but yeah, I forgot neat already. <laughs> so so that's what Oh, was that's going that
1: on. that is that is beautiful. That, wow.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I just was kind of cracking up when I was reading that she goes into the osmond things and and she says out of sight (laughs) and then donnie to
1: say who used to say out of sight was that was that flip wilson
0: um who who would say out of sight i I forget who coined it but it it was in at least one or two songs we've had too in the countdown i think
1: yeah but i thought there was a, a
0: comedian of the time that would say out of sight yeah yeah and, that, and not dino might that was nah. later yeah yeah you're right but it we'll kind of rhymes to, yeah we'll have to look that up and maybe i'll stick it in here if i can find that but uh very interesting so we have just uh, one correction from our last episode so this is our section where we do the corrections
2: i was <laughs> i was not exactly right you mean you were wrong <laughs> Yeah, that's right, Malfa. I was what you just said I was just
0: then, yeah. When we were talking about David Soul as the covered man on Merv Griffin, we brought up that there was a guy that appeared on the gong show with a paper bag over his head as a singer. We were wrong. He's actually, (laughs) he was an unknown comic, and he was a Canadian stand-up comedian named Murray Langston. So once I read that i was like oh yeah yeah he was a comic now now i remember that
1: yeah yeah so anything going on in the news at this point in time
0: yeah yeah not a lot of like besides the vietnam war yeah yeah you know stuff that we don't necessarily want to bring up too much so nothing like earth shattering more some pop culture things uh march 26th Canon, starring William Conrad as a private detective, premieres on CBS. It airs for five seasons. And then April 2nd, going back to what we were just talking about in Gail's spy book, Dark Shadows, American Gothic supernatural soap opera, concludes an almost five year run on ABC. And then just on April 5th, some of the magazine covers, Time Had. After the SST, picking up the pieces in the aerospace industry, yeah, and I was like, "What's this about?" And so I went off and read a little bit about it. The government was funding, yep, commercial, you know, research into making a commercial SST, and they decided mm-hmm. no, nope. and and probably a good decision. When you think about the Concord, they said the Concord never made money,
1: never made money. And then there was the the Russian copy of both of them that that uh, disintegrated in Paris during the Paris air show in the next couple of years. Yeah. And that was that was not a good scene. So, yeah.
0: And then uh, Newsweek just had a a cover of Chicago Mayor Richard J. Daley. So he was a he was a big figure in that that time period. So, um,
1: anything in tech at this time um,
0: yeah nothing of note that i could find so
1: except they canceled the sst
0: yeah <laughs> i guess yeah. that that could have been tech news yeah <laughs> tech so news. what was <laughs>
1: so what was the economy like uh in 71
0: yeah yeah not you know for the 70s not too bad yet unemployment rate 4.9 percent inflation rate 5.7 percent same buying power of today's dollar was about 13 cents back then cost of a gallon of regular gas was 36 cents that would be 267 today and does that match your real time data well
1: it's it's a little high all right so on the second which was the friday the 64 chevy was filled up and it cost 29.9 cents a gallon and it got 14.6 miles per gallon but a week earlier, some front end work was done on the, on the vehicle that cost a hundred dollars and four cents. So what is that? That's uh that's almost a thousand. Uh, what is that? Uh 600 bucks, I guess. Wow. Yeah. For 13 cents. Is that right? I, I try to do the math in my head, but all you math people out there, you figure it out. <laughs> and then, and then on the four, on the ninth, which is the next week, Lubin oil, $5 and 20 cents. Now a quart of oil today is going to cost you you know especially synthetic more than that
2: yeah all right for yeah. the whole thing
1: for a quart you know regular i haven't been buying regular cuz my my car that takes regular oil hasn't run well i did it on my mother's old car but um it's probably about 5 bucks a quart um today so the whole thing and the lube and the 1970 square back uh, was filled up on the third this day, and it was 28.9 cents a gallon for 27.5 miles per gallon. And on the fifth, okay, it was filled up in long Island. And so how did six of us go to long Island or do we not all go? Okay. Mm-hmm. Was it just my folks that went six people in a, in a VW Squareback is, doesn't make sense. You know, we could all fit in the, in the station wagon, But um, on the 7th, okay, it says here for the Squareback, points, plugs, wheel, oil. Now, I don't know if if my father had to buy a new steel wheel or whatever, but it was $34.24 for that. So that would be, what, about 200 bucks now? Something like that? It was my understanding that there would be no math. But what I like about that is he had to get points.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's... uh... (laughs) Pre pre electronic ignition, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's
1: right. Yeah, so I, I, I yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ever ever do points in a car? I've I do points on my old lawnmower.
0: Um, yeah, I think on a lawnmower only. I the first car I owned had a primitive electronic ignition. So <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: What was what was your first car again? I don't, re- I,
0: don't I, really had a, I, I had a seventy four Dodge Challenger that I bought in nineteen eighty or okay. 81 something like that yeah so. what was the gas mileage on that oh god it was a i mean it wasn't a huge a big block it was a 318 but uh the okay. thing the thing was in the winter you had to let that thing warm up a good 15 minutes before you could go because it would just stall so that that was <laughs> good good for gas mileage or the environment <laughs> yeah. no idling yeah i tell you what though to this day, it was still the most comfortable car I ever drove. Bucket well, seats. You're a, big, and, yeah. you're a big guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Bucket seats and a, usually it's a bench seat. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah, well, those were sporty, the, the, the Challengers. So, so any, anything on TV uh, around this time? Well, this was the era of the variety show. So we got nothing but variety shows to talk about, and we got a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So Thursday, April 1st. NBC at 730, the Flip Wilson show. He's got Sandy Duncan on. Wow. Also, Tim Conway and Johnny Brown. Who the hell's Johnny Brown?
2: Since before your son burned hot in space, and before your race was born, I have awaited a question.
0: I don't know. Shouldn't have mentioned that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> We'll keep it to the big stars. Um, that's right. And, and then CBS at eight, the Jim Neighbors Hour, and okay. he has he has away. Yeah, yeah, and he has Glenn Campbell on. So wow, yeah, good musical guests there. Then NBC at ten, the Dean Martin Show, and Whoa. he's got Ernest Borgnine, Dom Del Luis, and Peggy Lee. So that's all oh, my show right there. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And then uh on the day of this countdown, Saturday, April third, ABC at seven thirty, you got the Lawrence Welk show and he's got Jack Benny on. So wow. that was a big deal for sure. And
1: and of course he played his violin and doing his theme song, The Love and Bloom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <speaking>
2: then you had <speaking> to,
0: you, you had to choose between that and then over on NBC competing at 730, you had the Andy Williams show. And oh my had, goodness. He had Liberace and Ike and Tina Turner. So, wow. That's quite the diverse crowd on that show. And then uh, moving on to Sunday, uh, CBS at eight, we've got the Ed Sullivan show in its 23rd season. It was a special. Uh, had Nancy Sinatra's showcase taped uh, during her appearance at Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas. Uh, mm-hmm. That was back in September. And sharing the bill are the Osmonds. So, and who loved Donnie well Gail did for sure and, and somehow <laughs> even though you know she was my wife that that doesn't bother me too much <laughs> after the Ed Sullivan show the Glenn Campbell good time hour wow and he, he had Ann Murray on so beautiful yeah and then moving on to Monday more variety shows uh this one was a special the Bob Hope special he had Lee Marvin Shirley Jones Sammy Davis Jr. Joe Frazier and Wally Cox and of course
1: Shirley Jones was in the Partridge family then
0: right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then NBC at 10 uh, Diane Carroll had her own uh musical special and she had Harry Belafonte and Tom Jones on wow so quite the uh variety wow that's, show. that's that's
1: that's overload which is yeah. awesome
0: but it's almost like I, I'm, I'm scrolling through all those. I'd like to watch every one of those.
1: Uh, I bet those would be very entertaining. Oh, without, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. So um, what would Casey say?
0: Oh, well, we, uh, we didn't mention the movies. So I'll just quick. Oh, I'm sorry. Something. Uh, a couple things there. April 28th, Bananas starring Woody Allen. I've seen that one. It's funny. It takes off that he's like a, a revolutionary down in. Uh, That's
1: right. I've 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 seen that. I, my favorite forty line, years ago.
0: My favorite line from that movie is where they the you know they got the revolutionary army out in the woods camping and they send Woody Allen this other guy to get some food for him and they go into this like diner. And he orders something like a cup of coffee and he's like oh and i want something to go and they start ordering these like mass quantities and the guy with woody on goes and coleslaw for 200 men <laughs> <laughs> and also coleslaw for 900 men i like coleslaw yeah yeah
1: you like coleslaw
0: i do yeah yeah
1: yeah uh, did i did i have it with my with my no i had tater tots with my reuben last week
0: yeah I remember, yeah. I think the first time I remember having coleslaw was in the, the Sage Allen cafeteria they the, had or, yeah. uh, back in the store and yeah. in those days back, back then when the big stores had, you know, the department stores were multiple floors and they had, yeah. and it was an experience going to shop and yeah. yeah, you could grab lunch or dinner there.
1: Did, did I tell you, ever tell you that my, uh, my wife's grandmother worked at Sage Allen? No. And she, and she was a gift wrapper.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing about people who did that. Yeah. 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 And it's funny cuz at my wife's bridal shower,
1: Aunt Vera was there. I think it was Aunt Vera. And Aunt Vera says, "Oh, what what beautiful wrapping." Oh, that's <laughs> such beautiful wrapping, all right?
0: Yeah, and and
1: and the thing is is that uh my wife and my daughter and my mother-in-law, they went to a a uh a wedding shower a couple of weeks ago, and there was none of that. It was just like rip it open, and you know, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, uh, you know.
1: So, is it that you know, every, everyone has gift bags now? Ah, put it in a bag and throw some uh tissue paper on top.
0: Well, that's what so. I do. I, I can't wrap worth the uh, <laughs> time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it's
1: it, you know, it's important it, and it's something to it, it's it's part of the experience. So maybe we should uh, do a uh, uh, how to wrap gift or how to present gift uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, that'll be our next one. So now, what would Casey say? Now Casey would say,
0: "On with the countdown." Who's this guy? This is Mr. B.B. King. This is Ask Me No Questions off his album Indianola, Mississippi Seeds. And uh, his real name is Riley B. King. Casey said 45 years ago in a little town called Itabena, the king of blues was born. This peak right here at number 40 and number 25 on the r b chart couldn't find much on the song this was one of four top 40 hits with the uh, biggest being the thrill is gone that went to number 15 in 1970 but he had many many more hits on the r b chart of course and he was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame in 87 and he has his own channel on sirius xm bb king's bluesville which i listen to a lot and um, he passed away in 2015 at the age of 89.
1: All right, this is our favorite Telly Savalas song, yes. <laughs> and uh, we had this on our one of our first uh, episodes last year. Yeah. This is "If," and
0: uh, when do you when do you talk about it? I have to I have to look something up. All right, um, yeah, this is off their album mana yeah as you said this was on our episode five from uh, june 5th 71 it was number 18 then it gotten all the way to number four and yeah as you also said we talked about uh kojak actor telly savalas recorded a spoken word and or sprechstimme version uh, <laughs> that went to number one in the uk in 1975 and dolly parton covered this on her 2002 bluegrass album halos and horns and uh, like most bread songs this was written by david gates who's still with us he's 82 years old and it was the sixth track on side one
1: last song on side one of the best of bread yes
0: of course that one's on there (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: is this guy a real king?
0: <laughs> Believe it or not, his real name is King Floyd I I the Third. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a uh, baby. Let me kiss you. This was one of two top 40 hits for King Floyd. The bigger one was Groove Me. That went to number six. Oh, sure. Number one on the R&B chart in 1970, which was in our episode 38 from January 30th 71 uh, uh, actually. So, uh... This one uh, peaked at number 29 and number five on the R&B chart. King Floyd III was from New Orleans. His debut album, A Man in Love, featured songs co-written with Dr. John, but that failed to make an impact on the charts. Floyd returned to New Orleans in 1969 and worked for the post office. And he was still working there when *Groove Me was released. And when it became a hit, he quit the post office at the end of 1970 to go out on tour. Uh, He unfortunately passed away in 2006 at the age of 61 due to diabetes complications.
1: So when he retired from the post office, the price of a first class stamp was Still Sixth Sense.
2: Okay.
1: Is this off of Still's Stills? Or Still's One? Or Still's Two? Or Uh, I.I.? Or is this Manassas?
0: I have it just written as... It's off Stephen Still's. Okay. um, first album. Yeah. So, yeah this is sit yourself down and uh this one peaked right here at number 37 it was written by steven stills and uh released as the second single from the album uh following the top 20 hit love the one you're with yep big songs yep it was inspired by stills new relationship with rita coolidge who also provided backup vocals on the song five other backing vocalists were used on on the bridge and refrain including graham nash david crosby john sebastian and cass elliott Uh, rufus covered it in a medley with love the one you're with in the 1973 debut album rufus and steven is still with us he's 78. like an old time movie about i think we had this last year
1: too didn't we
0: um yeah we did so this is if you could read my mind by gordon lightfoot off his album sit down young stranger and yeah this was on our episode 38 from uh, january 30th 71 where it was number 28 it had peaked at number five it's on its way back down now. Um, the album was not a commercial success, but after the song reached number five on the U.S. singles chart in 71, the album was renamed after the song and re-released, reaching number 12 in the pop charts.
2: Just like a paperback novel. The her promise, the flame of her faith,
0: love. I would never drift away This guy sounds familiar Yeah who,
1: who is this guy Is he a one-hit wonder yeah. Or is
0: he the or is he the king of rock and roll I Believe he's the the latter so, <laughs> Yeah this is of course Elvis Presley With uh, where did they go Lord <laughs> Off his album he walks beside me this song was adapted from the original by songwriter. He walks
1: beside. He walks beside me and carries my banana and peanut butter sandwiches.
0: Yeah, I was thinking, you know, if it's heavier, Elvis, you gotta, you don't have much room walking beside.
1: Him. That's it's terrible. It's gonna be like the the Three Stooges going through a door.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, this song, uh, it was originally written by uh, Dallas Frazier and A.L. Doodle Owens. Frazier was the original writer and performer of the song. Elvira, that was a big hit for the Oak Ridge Boys. Elvira. He and Owens penned a lot of songs made popular by other artists, including four number one country hits for Charlie Pride. And uh, this song got to number 33. so this is the guy that was on the Jim neighbors show glenn campbell and this is dream baby parentheses how long must i dream just set it there and casey talked about glenn campbell being the vocal and guitar playing stand-in for steve mcqueen in a movie called baby the rain must fall yep. but instead of mcqueen doing the lip-syncing to the recording he did it live with glenn standing just off camera Uh, So this song was written by Cindy Walker, which was first recorded and released by Roy Orbison originally as a non album single in 1962 was a big international hit for Orbison reaching number two in both Australia and uh, the UK single charts and uh, number four in the US and uh, this version got to number 31 and uh, number five on the country charts.
1: What's that other creepy song
2: Into my dreams,
1: he <laughs> that we talked about? You actually spliced it in a few episodes. Yeah, we had this. Did we? Is it? Well, was this we, a
0: repeat from? We we did have this one, so maybe it was yeah. this one. Um, I think it was. Yeah. So, so this is "Stay a While" by The Bells, uh, also known as The Five Bells. And uh, Casey mm-hmm. said at number thirty-three, a Canadian group, four guys and a gal that call themselves The Bells. And uh, <laughs> this was yeah, on our episode five from uh, June fifth, seventy-one. Uh, where it was number twenty-four, yeah. and I said the harmonica solo sounds like everybody's talking at me by Harry Nielsen. Uh, <laughs> and, and this was written by Ken Tobias. Uh, got to number one in Canada and in the U.S. It stayed on the charts for fourteen weeks, speaking at number seven. Yeah,
1: it, it was a different song that that we talked about in the last two three months. So, yeah, yeah. number thirty-two.
2: So I have to keep on talking till I can go on. I
0: see it, boy, yeah. I'm the risk of knowing that. I love Listen to that clavinet. Yeah. I think that's a clavinet. Yeah, that that, that this man used a lot actually. So this is uh, Stevie Wonder and his cover of We can Work It Out. Of course, the it was the number one 1965 Beatles hit. This version got to number 13 and earned uh, Stevie his fifth Grammy Award nomination in 1972 for Best Male R&B Vocal Performance. Wonder performed the song for McCartney after the latter was presented with a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award in 1990 oh wow yep in 2010 after McCartney was awarded the Gershwin prize by the Library of Congress wonder again performed his arrangement of we can work it out at the White House ceremony held in McCartney's honor and wonder performed it a third time January 2014 at the 50th anniversary tribute of the Beatles appearance on the Ed Sullivan show and wow, the song was also covered by Deep Purple on their second album, The Book of Taliesin, from 1968. I can't, I can't. This is Put Your Hand in the Hand by Ocean off the album Put Your Hand in the Hand. And this was uh, on our episode five from June 5th, 71, where it was number 12. It uh, will get to number two. And we talked about how it was first recorded by Ann Murray. And this was Ann Murray's choice for a follow up single to her hit Snowbird in 1970. But Capitol Records thought it was too religious and that she sounded too masculine and uh oh wow yeah it's funny i thought i think i mentioned this before that the label for this song is a kama sutra (laughs) this was ocean's only charting single in the u.s but they had others in canada
2: single handedly the best first audition I have ever heard. You said
1: you hear that in the background. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Sounds like what was that? Menomina.
1: Beep bee bee.
0: Yeah,
2: a... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who are these <laughs> guys? <laughs> so these are the Jackson five, and the, the song is Mama's Pearl off their album, third album. And I find this ironic because Gail's mama was named Pearl.
1: Oh, my grandmother was named <laughs> Pearl. Yeah.
0: Cool. And my, I have a niece named Pearl. So and then we worked with a guy named Pearlie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> good guy yeah that's right so this was uh, one of six consecutive top five singles for the group mama pearl went to number two for two weeks on the billboard pop chart one bad apple by the osmonds was ahead of it uh, mama pearl was originally called guess who's making Whoopie with your girlfriend but producer oh, wow. d Richards reportedly had the lyrics and the title changed to preserve Michael Jackson's youthful innocent image. <laughs> this was uh, written and produced and arranged by the Corporation, which was Barry Gordy, Alfonso Mizell, Freddie Perrin, and Deke Richards. So <laughs> power! So uh, power! So uh, uh, power! He sounds familiar too. Soul
1: (laughs) power. Soul power. Soul
0: power. (laughs) So, if you haven't guessed the title by now, it's Soul Power, and this is James Brown off of Soul Classics. (laughs) This was released as a three-part single in 1971. It got to number 29 and number three in the R&B chart, and like Get Up I Feel Like Being a Sex Machine and other hits from this period. It features backing vocals by Bobby Bird. This song has been covered by the Smashing Pumpkins, as well as Tower of Power, performing this as an extended ending jam to their popular hit, What Is Hip? Both Soul Power and Soul Power 74 have been extensively sampled in hip hop music. Yeah, Soul Power 74 was an instrumental version of this by James Brown's band, and we lost the Godfather of Soul in 2006 at the age of 73. These guys are great. Yeah. Trying to
2: find what's heavy. That's up
0: so, yeah, this is Heavy Makes You Happy, parentheses, Shana Boom Boom. By The Staple Singers. Yeah, this one peaked uh, one notch higher at number 27 and hit number six on the RB chart. This was their first of eight top 40 hits with two number ones. I'll take you there and let's do it again. Uh, The Staple Sisters considered a... a, Staple Singers,
1: not sisters.
0: Yeah, so let's start over. The Staple Singers consisted (laughs) of Roebuck, Pop Staples, Mavis... Clotha, Purvis, and Yvonne. And in the 2015 documentary film, Mavis, exclamation point, uh, it recounts the history of the Staple Singers and follows Mavis Staples' solo career after Pop Staples died. I have to see if I can find that because it seems really interesting. And uh, I guess in it, Mavis (laughs) reveals that Bob Dylan once proposed to her and she turned him down yeah uh, staple singers were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1999 in 2005 the group was awarded a Grammy lifetime achievement award and Mavis is still with us she's 83 and still out there performing and like I think I mentioned on a previous
1: episode uh, Bob Dylan when he was on tour before the pandemic had Mavis Staples on the on the bill and the thing is, is that with the explanation point, you should try and do your best Victor Borga with what a explanation point is in that little bit that he does.
0: With yeah. his pronunciation. Yeah, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, like like a period was, ow, I just hit myself without doing the pop. Ow, that hurt. <laughs> we would always watch the Victor Borga specials on, on TV. I can't believe that wasn't here uh yeah. with all the other variety shows victor borga was great it was a very good uh, who who is better liberace or victor borga at the piano that's a, that's a good question for debate i don't know yeah that's the podcast after we we do the how to wrap a gift podcast yeah
0: Oh, who's 18? Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. And this is off his Love It to Death album, Uh, Gail's favorite Alice Cooper album. She was a big fan. Um, So this one got a little higher. She
1: didn't like Alice Cooper Goes to Hell? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I think it was after she, you know, Donnie kind of fell out of favor. Talk about... (laughs) Little, little vincent filler. fournier is his name right yeah vincent damon yep. Fournier, actually okay Fournier. Yeah. is it four- yeah. okay Fournier. yeah this song is about the feelings of a frustrated teenager which described many of alice cooper's fans uh 18 was an interesting age in america at the time as in many states you had to be older to vote or drink alcohol but you could be drafted to fight in the war The group's drummer, Neil Smith, said it it was a song about growing up in the 60s with lines in it like you could go to war, but you couldn't vote. We had no idea it would become an anthem. We were just thinking it would be a cool song. And uh, Alice Cooper was not really 18 at the time. He was 23 when they recorded this. (laughs) In 1998, the publishing company that owned the copyright of this song sued Kiss, claiming that dreaming from their psycho circus album resembled this too closely <laughs> the case oh, Brother settled out of court uh, this was uh one of five top 40 hits for alice cooper as a group with schools Out going the number seven in 72 being their biggest hit and then in uh, 74 alice went solo and had some more hits after that and he's still with us he turned 75 in february
1: well this is definitely not mom music or whatever
0: right
2: this is most the time
1: and the feeling is laid back is yeah. he doing some sprex here
2: spec yeah
0: or this might be uh sprex the i'm still not sure the the differentiation between those i just kind of use them synonymously but the autobahn guy said he was doing
2: well
0: that autobahn no. song is yeah. yeah no kidding yeah <laughs> is
1: Audubon's a lot better than this song and neil is important
0: yeah he was on Mannix. There he is uh, i am i said uh off uh neil's album stones and uh this is the highest debuting song in the top 40 this week casey said this song tells you a lot about neil diamond because he wrote it and uh this one will get to number four uh neil began the song after doing a screen test to play rebel comedian lenny bruce in a film feeling that he had failed neil was thrown into something of an existential funk and he started to write this song it would take months for him to finish it but in the end it would become a classic uh, at this point this was neil's 14th top 40 hit and he would go on to have 20 more yeah. wow and uh, neil's still with us he's at uh, 82. so did they ever make the movie
1: and then they came
0: on. um I think they must have, but I don't think it starred Neil Diamond. Woody Allen? <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to look that up. Barry Manilow? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Lou El <Alcindor. laughs>
2: You know, I...
1: I really like The Fifth Dimension and the Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. This song does nothing for me, even though she's got a beautiful voice.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, it's not a bad song, but it's certainly not, not, not their best. Yeah. And this is uh, Love, Lines, Angles, and Rhymes, uh, off their album of that same name. Uh, this was written by Dorothea Joyce. This one got to number 19 and number six on the adult contemporary chart. Diana Ross also covered uh, this song on her self-titled 1970 album. This was the 15th Top 40 hit for the group with two number ones, Wedding Bell Blues and Aquarius mm-hmm. Let the Sunshine." They would go on to have five more. The group was inducted into the Vocal Group Hall of Fame in 2002. And they have a star on the hollywood walk of fame in august of 1991 they were also uh, put on the st louis walk of fame we know someone who is just visiting st louis actually mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wonder, wonder if he saw that <laughs> yeah wonder if i'm gonna get a postcard from him oh good point
1: this get to number two
0: um let's see uh number
1: eight actually this one so it's on its way down so this is not one of the number the plethora of number two songs number two (laughs) (laughs) because ccr never made it to number one right and they had a lot of number twos so
0: this is what he just said there. Have you ever seen the rain off their album Pendulum? And Casey talked about calling themselves the Gollywogs didn't make them famous. Their name now that is world famous consists of a friend's name, a line of ad copy in a beer commercial, and a word that describes a big spiritual awakening. So yeah, Credence Clearwater Revival and uh this song is john fogarty's take on the imminent departure of his brother tom from the band and the overall tension in the group at the time when they should have been enjoying their success the line i want to know have you ever seen the rain coming down on a sunny day refers to tom leaving while ccr was at its commercial zenith Mm -hmm. and um Tom Fogarty left the group in early 1971 after this album was released. but John Fogarty has said this is his favorite song. Nice song.
2: Photographer smile take a break for a while. Take a Do your very best.
1: So this song by Van Morrison when I was I have lots of Van Morrison records. And all I could think of was like the TV show *Mash*, where they had to replace the the blue money with like red money. Oh and, yeah. And and Charleston Nelson.
0: What the heck Cause that Riley? Not that Charles <laughs> Nelson <laughs> Riley. Charles Emerson. Uh, what the heck was his name? Winchester guy. Winchester. Winchester, the third, you know, yeah. or
1: was it Frank Burns? You know, was yeah. was hoarding money or something?
0: Scam it, and then a it... scam it, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And, and in the end, it was worthless. Yeah. And and there was a guy in college. This was on the radio, and he's like, "This is so stupid." Do 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 do. When I was working at the bookstore, uh-huh. and this guy was a, uh, a violist or something—I forget his name—but he'd say, "This is so bad." i
0: am like it's a fun song
1: yeah you know? and the man
0: the yeah so, yeah, this is Blue Money by Van Morrison, whose real name is George Ivan Morrison. And uh, this one peaked right here at number 23. It was off his album, His Band and the Street Choir. This was his fourth of five top 40 hits, the biggest being Domino, that went to number nine in 1960. Great song. Yeah. The lyrics have the singer promising his girl that they will paint the town together with her Blue Money. Van Morrison. Doit,
1: doit, doi.
0: Ian Morrison is consistently ranked as among, among Ireland's greatest musicians, along with Thin Lizzie and Rory Gallagher. Rory Gallagher. Not the letter
1: two and the number we U. The ah, they're
0: too pompous for the Irish.
2: I surround myself with treasure. And to vote each day to this so, King Day to cry. And I have a like a
0: baby. So this is the first of two people in the countdown that Gail physically touched. This is Bobby Sherman. <laughs> this one peaked at number 16, spending nine weeks on the Billboard Top 100. Bobby had seven top 40 hits, his biggest uh, Little Women in 1969. And of uh, course he starred in Here Comes the Brides with David Soul. As I mentioned, Gail went to see him on July 25th, 1971 at the Oakdale Theater. And uh, he was on the show Emergency as a guest Emergency. star. And he, uh, after being on Emergency, he changed careers, becoming a paramedic and a reserve police officer. Training officers in CPR and first aid, which he did up until 2017. And he's still with us. He's 79 years old.
1: How come Elvis didn't do this song? This sounds like an Elvis song, doesn't it? It with does. a whole arrangement and everything else. This, this yeah. is, I, I could hear Elvis doing this song. Empire, I hear.
2: People breaking up and just walking away from love. And that's wrong. That's so wrong. A happy little home comes up for sale because two fools have tried and failed. You know,
1: this is another song in this countdown, including
2: and you know the
1: Fifth Dimension song and that man, Sherman song that I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that this. I mean, I was five years old.
0: there it is no love at all by BJ Thomas off his album most of all and um uh, we just had BJ on our last episode from uh, April yep. 12 75 with uh, hey won't you play another somebody done somebody wrong song at number six uh, this was written by Johnny Christopher and Wayne C Thompson it was recorded by American country artist Lynn Anderson and released as a single in June of 1970 and charted at number 15 on the country chart BJ's version hit number 16 in the US and uh, number four in, on uh, Canada. He's the Canada Easy listening chart. And uh, Casey told a story about BJ first turning down the Hell David Burt Bacharach song, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. And then after being persuaded, he recorded it while having a cold and not really liking the song. And it was his only number <laughs> one hit until. Uh, that song in our previous episode yeah. so, uh, And we also Talked about how we lost them just a couple of Years ago in 2021 at the age Of 78 We're counting down the most popular songs In the country from Kodiak to Kokomo From Hartford to Honolulu
2: Billboard's number 20
1: Alright Let's see By this point in time are we I, I, I Or i b or v
0: or vi so we are at chicago iii ah this is free and uh this one peaked right here at number 20 written by robert lamb as part of the travel suite on the album the they album, would do
1: those suites
0: yeah yep, yep. the yep. album produced one other hit single low down that went to number 35 the album feared better, going to number two on the Hot 200 Albums charts and staying there on the chart for 63 weeks in July. Wow. So, Chicago released their latest album last year. It's Chicago XXXVIII. 38 for those of you <laughs> counting at home. <laughs>
1: Uh, I was listening to a a Jack Benny episode from like 1948, and Dennis Day did something. Something Ivy. Oh yeah, he called someone George Ivy. Oh. <laughs> and Jack says, "No, that's George the <laughs> Fourth <laughs> 19. you know we haven't heard this uh, lady in a long time we've heard a lot of her
2: yeah, this
0: is the queen of soul aretha franklin and um this is uh the second artist in the countdown that gail had physical contact with uh, Ah. We saw her at that uh, Robert Kennedy memorial service I talked about in the previous episode. This was one of the last songs that Marvin Gaye recorded with his uh, duet partner Tammy Terrell, who died of a brain tumor in 1970. That version went to number seven. Like most of their collaborations, it was written by Ashford and Simpson. And they sang back up on this one. They had a gospel background, and they actually met each other in church, and they brought that to this song. And they they said, so much soul comes out of the Baptist church. You could go out any minute and turn the sweetest ballad into a gospel song if you felt really good about that. Aretha Franklin's version peaked right here at 19. Other notable covers were done by... Johnny Mathis, Denise Williams, they did that as a duet together. And also Tony Orlando and Dawn hit number 34 with it in 1975. Didn't we already already hear Mama's Pearl? (laughs) We did. This one sounds kind of similar though, yeah. There's a reason for that. What, what did they do?
1: Change the words on this so Donnie would keep his innocence also?
0: Yeah. Sweet uh, and innocent. Uh, he's got to stay out of sight, you know. But, uh, yeah, this was uh, you know, One Bad Apple by the Osmonds. This was in our episode 38 from January 30th, 1971, where it was number nine. It was also my pick for the guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how uh, George Jackson had written this song for the Jackson 5 and and in mind with production uh, by fame owner Rick Hall and vocals by 13-year-old Donnie Osmond at the time. It sounded very much like the Jackson 5 record. It has been on the charts for 14 weeks at this time and had hit number one on February 13th. And Billboard ranked it as the number four song for 1971. Wow. song we had this before too didn't we this was also yes on our episode uh 38 from uh, January 30th, 71. Amos Moses, Jerry Reed uh, off his album, Georgia Sunshine. This novelty song was one of two pop hits for Reed. When You're Hot, You're Hot hit number nine a few months later. And uh, yeah, Reed sadly passed away in 2008 at the age of 71.
1: So then after this, we had a grand funk railroad extra. We're not going to play that. I forget what, what it, it was. was. Uh, I'm your captain. I'm your captain. Captain? 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 That's yep. the theme song for my old boss. Sweet Jesus, toke
2: over the line. Sitting in a railway station.
0: The so there it is, One Toke Over the Line by Brewer and Shipley off their album Tarkio. And Kesa said, "This is Mike Brewer and Tom Shipley." <laughs> and, uh, what the heck is a Tarkio? I don't know.
2: <laughs> Tarkio is a city in Tarkio Township, Etchison County, Missouri.
0: But uh, this one peaked at number ten. The song is about. Like, <laughs> do do your KC gun on that one. <laughs> what the hell? Mike Brewer, Tom Shipley. <laughs> <laughs> Good, bad, ugly. Yeah, that no. was awesome. Okay. So this song is about drugs, especially marijuana. <laughs> a toke is a puff from a marijuana cigarette or pipe. Tom Shipley explained, uh, quote, when we wrote One Toke Over the Line, I think we were one toke over the line. <laughs> I considered marijuana a sort of sacrament. If you listen to the lyrics of that song, one toke was just a metaphor. It's a song about excess. Uh, too much of anything will probably kill you. <laughs> Absolutely. Though Mike Brewer and Tom Shipley were folk singers in Los Angeles, this was their only hit. A cover version of this was infamously performed in early 1971 by Gail Farrell and Dick Dale on The Lawrence Welk Show. And Welk billed it as a modern spiritual. is a couple times temptation eyes by the grassroots off their album more golden grass and uh this one peaked right here at number 15 it spent 18 weeks on the charts making it the band's single of greatest longevity written by dan walsh and harvey price Uh, this is a favorite of all songs that they've written in addition lead singer rob Drill described it as his all-time favorite grassroots song. It's about a temptress who drives the singer wild, uh, even though he can't have her for himself. And between 1965 and 1972, these guys had 11 top 40 hits, their biggest being Midnight Confessions that went to number 5 in 68, and Sooner or Later that went to number 9 later in 71. And that one was on our episode 15. So this is What Is Life by George Harrison, off his album All Things Must Pass. This one peaked at number 10, Falling Back Now. Originally, George Harrison wrote this for Billy Preston with a sort of a gospel feel. After it ended up being a fast rocker, he decided it, it wouldn't be right for Preston and released it himself. Preston was, as we've mentioned, uh, one of the early artists on the Beatles' Apple label. The uh, fifth Beatle. Yep, and he was present at sessions that yielded Get Back. On uh, this album, the O'Hara Smith singers are credited as background vocalists, but that's Eric Clapton and Whitlock. (laughs) And uh, if you listen, you can hear uh, Eric and him wailing away. And this has been covered by Olivia Newton-John and the surf band The Ventures. Post-Beatles, George uh, had 12 top 40 uh, solo hits between 1970 and 1988. And of course, he passed away in 2001 at the age of 58. Yeah, I just went to the singles collection.
1: But the box is too far away. <clears throat> we have the single, and the other side of it is Apple Scruffs. So.
0: Yeah, I did read that. It had a different B-side in UK, but I didn't yeah. jot that down.
1: I was uh, going to show it to everyone on Channel 18 because it has a photograph of George Harrison like sitting on a box in front of a big, you know, English manor and uh, great record. All things must pass.
2: Yeah.
0: What does that mean? Yeah, I'm going to tell you. So, uh <laughs> this is Oye Como Va by Santana off the album Abraxas. We talked about that album cover. Sure it was a bandaid. Cover that that some parents chose to put a band-aid over <laughs> certain parts. <laughs> I don't know. So this, uh, this one peaked right here at number 13. And uh, Casey said, if I was to introduce this song by saying, hey, man, what's happening? Those speaking Spanish would know I was introducing Oye Como Va. And uh, so this was written by salsa legend Tito Puente and recorded oh, yeah. in the early 50s. The voice in the beginning, it says sabor, which is Spanish for flavor. The translation of the lyrics later on in the song are, uh, listen to my rhythm, good for fun, mulata. And mulata being a woman of Caucasian, European, and Black African descent. Yeah. Greg Rowley, who sang many of uh, Santana's early hits, uh, took the lead vocals on this one. Roly was the founding member and keyboard player for Santana. And then he left to form Journey in 1973 with Neil Sean. And Abraxas was Santana's second album and was their most successful, selling 5 million copies in the U.S. I have a copy. I do too. And uh, it hit number one in America. Santana I.I.I. would follow. (laughs) And uh, that got to number one as well. And then there's a 29-year gap until Supernatural comes out. Yep. Uh, get a number one album. And Santana (laughs) had seven top 40 hits in the 70s, the biggest being Black Magic Woman that went to number four.
2: Lost
1: everything too. Actually, I, I heard uh, "Everyone's Everything" on my way to
0: work today. Oh, that's wild! I heard it too, but um, I was listening to the Pandora Rory Gallagher station. So, yeah, you're maybe hearing it wasn't on every- Deep Tracks, or I heard on Deep Tracks. Yeah, from I, I, I. Yeah,
1: but maybe maybe I'm th- I'm thinking it was an instrumental, though. So.
0: Oh, yeah. What is it? It's It's a wild world. It's a wild world by uh, Cat Stevens off his album Tea for the Tillerman. And uh, his real name is Stephen Dimitri Giorgio or Steve Adams or Yusuf. And uh, this one got to number 11. Stevens wrote this about searching for peace and happiness in this crazy world. There was some speculation that much of the song was a message to Patti DM. The Arbenville, <laughs> can't pronounce oh. that.
2: Patty Darbenvall.
0: But Cat Stevens said uh, it was not me writing about someone specific, although other people may have informed the song, but it was more about me. It's uh, talking about losing touch with home and reality, home especially. And uh, Jimmy Cliff was the first to record Wild World, taking it to number 8 in the UK three months before Stevens released his version. Wild World was Stevens' first hit in America, where he quickly fell in with the singer-songwriter movement and between 71 and 77 he would have 11 top 40 hits his biggest being morning head broke and uh, another saturday night both going to number six so the santana song i heard was batuka ah.
1: which is the first which is side one track one off of santana three great stuff it's a great song too yeah Did you sing this in uh, elementary school? I think we did, because my wife did at the school down the hill. Yeah, from your school.
0: So big, huge who? song. And who wrote this? The Three Dog. Excuse me. Well, the, no, no, the <laughs> the. People performing at our three dog night but this was written by hoyt axton their, their buddy their buddy yep. yeah this was on uh, episode five from uh, june 5th 71 where it was number two in between it would peak at number one for six weeks wow and uh yeah as we mentioned hoyt axton wrote this for an animated tv special called the happy song and that never materialized and for Cashbox, this was the second best-selling song of all of the 1970s. Wow. Just ahead of American Pie and just behind Light Up My Life.
2: Every day she takes a morning bath, she wets her hair. Wraps a doll around her as she's heading for the bedroom. Chair assistant number another day. into stock.
0: so there it is another day by paul mccartney and this was released as a standalone single but uh later included on the ram re-release and um, this went to number five Uh, the melody is kind of jaunty but another day is a rather depressing song it's about a lonely woman trapped in a life of monotony Not unlike Eleanor Rigby. And uh, McCartney attempted this song with the Beatles in 1969, but nothing came of it. He recorded it in January 1971 during the sessions for his second solo album, Ram, as we mentioned. Uh, Another Day was Paul McCartney's first single as a solo artist. And uh interesting. So this is Paul McCartney as a solo artist. It's not Wings. So for Cashbox, Paul McCartney and Wings were the fifth most popular artists in the 70s, just ahead of Stevie Wonder, just behind the Carpenters. But Paul as a credited solo artist was only 499th with this song oh, wow. being one of only two top 40 hits he had as a solo artist. Where do I begin Where do we begin
2: tell the
0: story <laughs> of the I think I used to use this this at work where, like I know. You know, uh, I, 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 under many contexts you know you, it's, it's like you know <laughs> what's wrong with this unit <laughs> like, <you> know, where, <laughs> where, where do I begin? I begin? <laughs> <laughs> so this is
1: it must have know, been a WMS
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's her first hello. So this is uh, Andy Williams. Where do I begin? That's in parentheses. It's, it's actually the theme from Love Story. And this is with, uh, done with uh, music by Francis Lay and lyrics by Carl Sigmund. The song was first introduced as an instrumental theme in the 1970 film Love Story. After the film's distributor, Paramount Pictures rejected the first set of lyrics that were written, Andy Williams eventually recorded the new lyrics and took the song to number nine. It got to number one on the adult contemporary chart and stayed there for four weeks. Henry Mancini's instrumental only version Mm -hmm. got to number 13 and number two on the adult contemporary chart. And then there was uh, Francis Lay and his orchestra record for the film that first charted made it to number 31 on the pop chart. You remember how Andy Williams dominated the chart on our Christmas episode? oh without a doubt yep. all over great great voice i mean his voice is fantastic on this and uh, at the same event that gail touched aretha franklin we saw andy williams perform as well so did he do this song he did not he did amazing grace and and as i mentioned when he was rehearsing before the thing started he kept telling them to pick up the tempo because i'm gonna run out of air <laughs> 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 i always remember that
2: Take the ribbon from my hair shake it loose and let
1: it fall i was surprised on who wrote the song i don't remember this song i sort of do not really did did we have it by the guy who wrote it
0: on another episode i don't know that's your job yeah it sounds familiar Yeah. But this is, uh, yeah, Help Me Make It Through the Night uh, by Sammy Smith off the album of the same name, Help Me Make It Through the Night. And uh, this one got to number eight and number one on the country chart. And yeah, written by Chris Christofferson, who released the original version on his debut album, Christofferson, in 1970. He was sweeping floors and emptying ashtrays at Columbia Records in Nashville before scoring big with helped me make it through the night and as well as a series of other songs including me and bobby mcgee and uh sammy smith don't talk about that and uh (laughs) sammy smith kept the spirit of the song but changed the perspective from Kristofferson's original and this was her biggest hit on both charts but she would have many more country chart hits and but Sammy, unfortunately, passed away uh, in 2005, only at the age of
2: 61.
1: Hmm. Anything in the spy book about these guys? Oh, yeah. It's a great show. It's a it's neat. neat show. Yeah. I know there's I tell you, David Cassidy had
0: beautiful pipes. Yeah. Want to be so there it is Doesn't Somebody Want to Be Wanted by The Partridge Family, starring Shirley Jones and featuring David Cassidy. This is off their uh, album Up To Date, which was their second album. This one got to number six. It was one of seven top 40 hits between 1970 and 1972 by then. Uh, Their biggest being their first, I Think I Love You, that went to number one in 1970. There's some Sprechstimme on this one.
2: Sprechstimme.
0: They put out uh, eight studio albums. Uh, the show ran for four seasons from 1970 through 74. We lost David Cassidy in 2017 at the age of 67. But Danny Bonaduce is still with us. He's 63. Susan Day is still with us. She's 70. And Shirley Jones will be 89 on March 31st. So a big happy birthday to Shirley Jones. Without a doubt.
1: You know? So we're up to number six, Every and before this, Casey played an AT-40 extra with the... Uh, nice. and easy. He's a little speckstrame for there's you. one thing, you see. Tina Turner Sprechstimme. So there's little Elvis. They played Elvis twice, you know, his own song at number uh, 35 in that extra. And this song is nice and easy until it is not nice and easy. And
2: we're gonna take the beginning of this song and do it easy but then we're going to do the finish right Where we, we do Proud Mary and rolling rolling the river. listen to the story now left a good job in, in the city, city working for the man every oh, night and
0: day this is a big song I Proud Mary by Ike and, and Tina Turner and off their work album out Working out Together so this was written by john fogarty and he wrote it with ccr and he wrote the lyrics based on uh, three song title ideas proud mary riverboat and rolling on a river he carried around a notebook with those titles in it and he thought those titles would make good songs and proud mary was at the top of the list the ccr version went to number two in 1969 Uh, this uh, Ike and Tina Turner version peaked at number four and was the highlight of their live shows. When they were cutting their album, working together, they were lacking a few songs and decided to put in a few that they were uh, doing uh, performing on stage at the time. And Tina said, I had loved this song when it first came out. I said, let's do it, but let's change it. And then uh, her and Ike rehearsed it in a car and kind of broke it into a black version. Fogarty reportedly loved this version, but uh, after he left CCR out of bitterness, he was never performing the CCR stuff. And then Bob Dylan famously told him if you don't do Proud Mary, everybody's going to think it's an Ike and Tina Turner song. (laughs) So he started performing it again. And um, Ike Turner died in 2007 at the age of 76, but Tina's still with us. She's 83.
2: There's too many of you to cry
1: This is one of the most important songs brother, brother, brother. by Mr. Marvin Gay and a uh, beautiful song
2: you know we've got
0: to find Yeah This is uh
1: to
2: bring some love.
0: So this is What's Going On, off his album, What's Going On, and uh, this got to number two. As he said, huge song. This was written by three golfing buddies who also happened to be Motown hitmakers. Al Cleveland, Four Tops member uh, Ronaldo Obie Benson, and Marvin Gay, who added uh, lyrics and worked on the arrangement. Gay was deeply affected by the death of his partner, Tammy Terrell, who succumbed to a brain tumor a year earlier, as we've talked about, and uh, this led him to take charge of his career and infuse messages into his song. And uh, Gay's lyrics in this song were inspired by the stories of his brother, Frankie, uh, telling him when he came back from the Vietnam War. The What's Going On album takes on many issues, including the environment in Mercy Mercy Me, and poverty in Inner City Blues. It was the first album Gay released that sold a lot of copies. Until then, like most Motown artists, he had lots of hit singles, but album sales were secondary. And in 1984, the album re entered the Billboard 200 following uh, Marvin Gaye's untimely death. Mm. Yeah. In 1994, the album was certified gold in the US uh, for sales of half a million copies after it was issued on CD. here's the hit by the british singing star who's so popular that his tonsils became a national monument unofficial of course when he had them removed they were put on public display in a glass jar because his fans wanted to see anything that had been so close to that sexy voice also when he had his nose fixed a collection of 39 photographs of the surgery was published in book form for his fans with that kind of following you know he's got to be one of the biggest singing stars in the world and that's just exactly what he is. At number four this week, here's Tom Jones. Look, my no Well, she's and you ever want.
1: It reminds me of I watched this thing on public television last month. And it was all about what happened to Einstein's brain. It, it, have you seen that? I think I've watched that. Yeah, yeah, and and the. Some guy at Princeton took it out and put it in a jar and had it hidden. He moved to Kansas. He was in Wichita, and uh, some uh, guy that was writing for New Jersey Monthly, you know, researched it and and found Einstein's brain. So the guy might still be alive. Maybe he could maybe he could find Tom Jones's.
0: Yeah. so this of course is she's a lady and this one was written by paul anka and released on his album paul anka this was tom jones highest charting single in the u.s uh, and his fifth and final top 10 Peaked at number two, falling back a little bit now. Billboard ranked this as the number 25 uh, song of 1971. Gail and I used to joke about this song, and then I said, what if Tom Jones really lowered his standards in women? And I changed the lyrics to, she's the kind of girl that walks and the kind of girl that talks. She's got style, she's got grace, she's got a nose on her face. (laughs) uh, So i got a link in the show notes there's a video of stevie wonder and tom jones singing a medley on tom jones's tv show it's fantastic it's really great
1: of course this is the carpenters before this uh Casey played an extra by Tex Williams that I'd never heard before.
0: And I was like, what is this doing here? What what'd you think of Tex Williams? Well, uh, it's funny. Tex Williams. And I texted you and said, it sounds like Hot Rod Lincoln stole oh, that. Okay. Now, I'm a feller with a heart of gold with the ways of a gentleman, I've been told. The kind
1: of a feller that wouldn't even harm a fella. So you think that Commander Cody but if me and, a certain and the lost met, the guy that airman, that the copied this? That yeah. Son of a Listen to it. Cool. Yeah, you're right. It's just, it's now, a, it He ripped it off. Himself yeah. Man, we're, we're... I've smoked them
0: all my life, and I ain't dead yet. But nicotine <laughs> slaves are all the same. <laughs> <laughs> <party> <laughs> it's kind of a funny song, actually. <laughs> man, yeah. All right, let's go Let's go back to where we were.
1: (laughs) 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 We could put this anywhere. It's the same thing. So Carpenters, for all we know, what's this off of? Carpenters, I, I, I.
0: This is off of just the Carpenters. And um, so this one peaked right here at number three. This was the love theme from the 1970 film, Lovers and Other Strangers. In late 1970, well, the Carpenters had a concert tour in Toronto and Chicago. Richard was worried about what songs should follow their previous hits. So their manager advised them to take a short break from their work and go to a movie theater and see that film, Lovers and Other Strangers. And then Richard and Karen were immediately taken with the song and agreed that it should be the follow-up to their previous hits. The Carpenter's success with this song helped win the 1970 Oscar for Best Song. And this song has been covered by Shirley Bassey, Carol Burnett, Petula Clark, Perry Como, Johnny Mathis, Maureen McGovern, Dionne Warwick, and Andy Williams. Wow, coverage. That's a Rose gall-
1: rogues gallery? Is that how you say it? Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't, I don't number know two. if I would call them a rogues gallery, but yeah. yeah. I'm number two.
2: Flat ben
0: Rouge. Who wrote this song? Our friend Mr. Chris Christopherson, and he no longer had to empty ashtrays.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we
0: had this uh, last year sometime, didn't we?
1: Did we? I thought we did. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see it, but perhaps. Yeah. Because I, I would say how my uh, my friend Bobby. Whose last name rhymes with McGee. This is kind of his, you know, we'd say me and
0: Bobby S. (laughs) Yeah. So this is uh, Me and Bobby McGee by Janis Joplin off her album Pearl. Kind of coincidental there. Actually, Gail Gail had an uncle named... uh, William McGinn. And I used to sing me and Billy McGinn. <laughs> so this one, yeah, it got to number one, was written by Chris Christopherson. And it uh, brought uh, his career to the next level when this was a big hit by Janice. And uh, he says, every time I sing it, I still think of Janice. The song's final defining image came to Kristofferson as he was driving in heavy rain to the airport for a flight home and he said, I went with them windshield wipers slapping time and bobby clapping hands we finally sing of every song that driver knew. And that was it. So uh, this was released after Janice Joplin died of uh, overdose at the age of 27 on October 4th, 1970. Her death gave the album a lot of attention and the album Pearl went to number one. It was the second song to hit number one in the US after the artist had died. Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding was the first.
1: All right, on to number one for the week ending. April 3rd, 1971. xylophone in the back there
2: window, I I think
1: the rolling stones covered this song I uh, to a tattoo, tattoo you or something yeah
0: i think you're right
1: on some girls
0: some girls okay
1: Not, not tattoo you so that's when did some girls come out 1978 but it was recorded in 1977 so six years later
0: There it is, Just My Imagination, Running Away With Me by The Temptations off their album Sky's The Limit. Norman Whitfield and Barrett Strong wrote this in the late 60s, but since psychedelic songs were popular at the time, they decided to wait a few years before releasing it. In 1970, Whitfield felt they needed to change direction to stay on top of the game, so he steered the Temptations away from their string of socially relevant songs and had them record this airy ballad. Eddie Kendricks took the lead vocals on this track, which ended up being his last single with the group as an original member kendrick's left the temptations for a solo career soon after the song was released with his replacement damon harris the temps landed their last big hit in 72 with papa was a rolling stone which went to number one kendrick said his own chopper and uh, excuse, chopper his own chart topper in 1973 with keep on trucking and uh this was the third of four number one hits by the temptations track was released in february of 1971 and took off right away peaking at number one in april all right so there you go pretty good countdown i remember a lot of these songs yeah it, it sort of you know started out a little slow but when it got uh got into the lower numbers it was uh pretty good all right so with that being said yeah so now we're uh, gonna do our rankings and things like we always do and our picks and uh the first one we always start with is the song we pick to torture the other guy that we call your agonizer
1: please no mr Spock. so i have it queued up i'm gonna agonize you with number eight
2: the ribbon from my
1: hair. yeah and, and maybe I'm becoming predictable uh, yeah. with the country stuff but I I listened to
0: the song and I said
1: Mark's not gonna like this song
0: yeah sort of reminds me of um that Eddie Albert song make the world go away but I kind of like that one <laughs> well I like Eddie Albert yeah <laughs> But the pace of it, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, this uh, decent choice for an agonizer. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to listen to this the whole way through. All right,
1: I would definitely turn the station. And yeah. knowing you, you would uh, you turn on the the traffic and weather together on the eights. Yeah. So, all right, what are you, you going to agonize me with?
0: Yeah. So um. i'm not breaking the rules because i looked back and and saw what i picked before uh so i um i I picked number
1: 39
0: (laughs) even though you own the vinyl
1: (laughs) well i own the best of bread yes (laughs) all right yeah and i i love that story about his mother saying i can't believe that he made all his money with a song naked with you
0: yeah it's so. a great story and 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 we both like the Tully Savalas cover of this so. that's right we played that, I think on the a year ago so
2: yeah I
1: but I might just keep this on if it came on the radio just because of the fun we've had with bread <laughs> yeah. and the best of bread and <laughs> yeah it, it's it's one of those things where are like this is it's so bad it's good yeah so so would because this, of what we're doing here
0: so, so would this be one of those shut up shut up shut up <laughs> and then <laughs> oh i want to listen to this <laughs> all right
1: so uh while you're at it what's what's your uh your best song of the countdown yeah i
0: i actually have a little trouble with this which you know sort of is, is a predictor of uh, of a rating for the whole countdown, but yeah, I went with uh, number two.
2: Busted flat and bent really? Push. Okay. Waiting for a train.
0: I think the words to this song are great. I think, at least of songs I know of that Chris Christopherson wrote, I think it's his best song, and she does a great, you know, yeah. version with the vocals. I mean, there's always that thing, that, you know. I think it happens with like all those people in the 27 club that she belonged to that died young that they kind of get elevated perhaps a little bit more than they should have but her voice is great on this and, and and her performance so yeah it's great arrangement very well done but i'm gonna
1: go to uh for my best song of the countdown i'm gonna go to number 15. and you know what this is a art bell song okay <laughs> uses as, as bumper music yeah hear it at uh, three thirty in the morning and uh and i great in in a way it, it's almost like a partridge family type of thing but it's better even yeah. though i think david cassidy on on that song um uh, doesn't someone want to be wanted? Uh, that's a great song too, but this is an Art bell song. So. Yeah,
0: I. This is a great song, and you know what? When I listed those uh, other songs by the Grassroots, <laughs> they're really good songs. That that they were good. yep yeah. So uh, how about uh, how about your stinker? What what is your stinker of the week? Your worst <laughs> song of the countdown yeah so uh again this this countdown made this a little difficult but um we may line up on this one i'm not sure um i i went with number three uh, number 33 excuse me
1: yeah you can't make the carpenters weren't they number three yeah all right number 33 let's let's remember what it is Two.
0: So I think it's a, a pretty amazing achievement to have a song that is both sappy and creepy at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one yeah. this one bothers me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: I, I I would agree with you. So uh, this might be. My worst countdown, or excuse me. My worst song of the countdown might be very, very contentious.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Right? This is interesting. And it's number six. You know. Ooh. I, can't stand, like I can't stand this song. I can't send the nice. song by teach tina Turner or by CCR. Oh, I, wow. I just, I, you know, because I think never, that it's not very good. Nothing, um. Nice. And I do like the Sprechstinze, nice. all right, just because we figure out what we're that is, but
2: do I, I, I don't think this is, but then maybe
1: this is very finish. good. And my feeling of CCR is, eh, so,
0: but that's an opinion. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sort of <laughs> silent because I... <laughs> I don't agree at all. So <laughs> that's all I'm going to say.
2: <laughs> I think this may be
0: the first time that we really had like a, a, a pretty heavy difference of opinion.
2: There ain't no good guy. There no bad guy. There's only you and me and we just
0: disagree. But there's
1: it, it's... Then again, I get it. I didn't get the chart until an hour before the. the,
0: that's, the that's, right that's, in. that's true. That was my my error of I thought I sent it to him two days ago. <laughs> yeah. Like, you gonna send me the chart? i like, I sent it already. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So so with that, what
1: I'm gonna do is I'm gonna surprise you again. Okay. Okay. My my guilty pleasure
0: is number ten. Whoa um well tell us why and then I'll, I'll give you my opinion too I think this is a great song I remember when it came out
1: I think it's well put together uh, yeah yeah it makes it makes me feel good
0: I I agree and um what's kind of interesting about this is like you know it, it it was could have been a Beatles song, as as I talked about, uh, and it sounds like a Beatles song, and it's a good song. And, it's and a really good song yeah. compared to a lot of the stuff we saw in the shirt from Wings. It's head and shoulders above it, so I'm 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 kind of not surprised at all. So, but did I surprise you two in a row? <laughs> yeah, I was more surprised by the the worst song. with everything you had to choose from in this but uh (laughs) but this one but
1: but i tell you that that other song i would i would turn it off if i was in the car and i would i would go to commercials or would you go to if oh my god yeah i I would go to if (laughs) oh wow i would would, yeah yeah
0: it must grate on for some reason yeah i and i don't know why but but it but it does so
1: that being said uh what is your guilty pleasure
0: This was an easy pick for me, The Guilty Pleasure. Uh, hands down, number four. Well, she's
1: all you'd ever want. She's the kind Great song. And take the
0: yeah. Shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she always goes place. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know. She's a yeah. She's, she's a she can walk, she can talk. <laughs> she... <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I just I, I like Tom Jones too yeah. and this one and it's not unusual are uh, songs that I think only he can do you know yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this, is, this is great yeah.
1: alright so what is your story song of the week where do I begin
2: to tell the story of
1: <sighs> well this because this song is great and this is is this a story this one's kind of a story
0: um but um I'm I'm almost afraid to tell you what my story song of the week is but should should I
1: cue should I cue up number
0: six yes you may
1: (laughs) you
2: know Every now and All then, right. I think you might like to hear something That's from us. Job, Danny, nice and easy.
1: Oh, I'm hearing this for the third we'll time tonight. Just one thing,
2: you yeah.
0: see? Well, Tina says they're going to All she says, this, it's a story. It's yeah, the yeah. story of Proud Mary. So hard to pick something else, really, for me, anyway. Uh, easy you for like you. Sh- you just like the sprexmeme. Yeah. speckstimmer <laughs> I like both versions. <laughs> so we got a big difference of opinion there but that's yeah. you know that's what made the end of 60 minutes great <laughs> <laughs> point <laughs> counterpoint yeah <laughs> well
1: i can see this as a story song but my story song is number two
2: and we're
0: hearing this for a third time yeah and it's interesting because i also had this as the story song and i was trying to pick between this and and uh proud mary but uh yeah i obviously picked this one as my best song so yep good choice it's a story for sure yeah absolutely and i think chris Christofferson wrote a lot of really
1: really good songs and yeah um but he should
0: keep his shirt on (laughs) with that evergreen LP cover and stay away from the super glue did you you watch that clip (laughs) yeah I did (laughs) (laughs) it was Glenn Campbell (laughs) (laughs) all right
1: the hardest category of of
0: all time what are your divergent songs yeah so this is this is kind of Perhaps a stretch, perhaps not. So, um, first one is number 13. Okay. Hey man, what's happening? Or what was it? Yeah. Yeah. That's what Casey said. Hey man, what's happening? Sounds like our buddy, Eddie. <laughs> he, he, he came up today. Did he? <laughs> oh
1: yeah. yeah. Hey man. So,
0: yeah. So yeah. Oye, como va? He's, he's asking, uh, you know, Hey man, what's happening? And that is Divergent with number five. Hey, man, what's happening and what's
1: going on? Yeah, same question. Two different
0: languages. (laughs) (laughs) Different meanings to the songs, really. (laughs) Two good songs, too. Oh, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm going to... I'm gonna go a little more or a, a little bit more obscure, okay? All right Tur I mean, those are allowed. big those are big songs, okay yeah. yeah, and they're they're really, really, really good songs. So um, so I'm gonna to go to number twenty eight with Heavy makes you happy because yeah. you're gonna be happy because heavy I almost said heaven I'd rather go to heaven than H-E double hockey sticks but uh,
0: does does heavy D make you happy
1: (laughs) (laughs) I butt dialed him today and he called me back I'm like oh man I I got nothing to say to you I and I've I've butt dialed twice Uh, in in the past once was to my sister number three and I not not good i have to make sure my phone is off 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 but um so heaven makes you happy all right if you're happy you're really happy
2: always had the best of everything
1: and then you cry like a baby
2: okay
0: yeah yeah good 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 divergence there totally logical
2: and the
0: vote each day we get to hear uh david cassidy again we, like you said you know he's david cassidy right. this is bobby sherman oh i'm sorry bobby sherman
1: <laughs> don't mix them head. up don't get them mixed up the bricks you dip in the gold and the gold you dip in the red paint
0: <laughs> gail's looking down very angry at me right now at least i didn't put donnie in the mix there that's
1: right <laughs> yeah. so uh let's see i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna kick it up here a little bit with uh, as we give our uh, our countdowns even though this is you know like i said elvis could have done this also you know yeah
0: all right <laughs> how are you gonna rate this countdown my friend yeah so i don't know about you but i i found this countdown to be very surprising started out kind of slow and then uh, in like the second half there was a lot of big songs you know um so and my individual ratings i had 21 good songs 17 neutral i rated none of them bad and two saps and with that more than half good no bads two saps and that some really, really iconic songs in here. I rated it an A-. minus. Wow. Wow. Too much? I don't know.
1: Well, <coughs> for those of you looking on Channel 18, I had originally made this a B-. minus. Okay? And I crossed off the B and I... The, the, excuse me. I crossed off the minus... And I circled the B. Okay. This is a B for me. Okay. So during the countdown and, and all we were doing, you know, great stuff in this. And I remember, you know, our our colleague uh, Ken says, "I like the later stuff that you guys do." And I said to him, "I said, did you have any, you know, older siblings?" And and he says, uh, "He says no." I says, "Well, both Mark and I did." and yeah. uh and i it it dragged us into this okay yeah and maybe not james brown but uh <laughs> but we knew this stuff because of of the older siblings
0: yeah yeah like my my brothers uh one of them had the T for the tillerman cat stevens album and <laughs> uh, they were into santana too and... Yeah. yeah and we had the single for what is life you know yeah. the george harrison song yeah so Uh, yeah i am yeah i mean i might have been you know a little bit kind given some songs neutrals that that maybe were bads but on the other hand i i just think again i look at those iconic songs joy to the world was the second most popular song in in the entire 70s and then you got what's going on Marvin Gaye song. Oh, without I, a doubt. Yeah. You know, if "Proud Mary" were something else, maybe you would have rated it higher. I didn't realize you didn't <laughs> like that song. So that—that's you know, you lose one song, and that—that that shifts the grade. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. Did you use the uh, the new column I provided you? Um, I did not. I couldn't get it to work again. I don't know what's going on. So what's going on? I got to ask Marvin Gaye. Uh, uh, so I did it the old-fashioned way with my oh. caveman stone knives and bearskins. I do use the count if function. You know, I'm not that bad. I'm not sitting there counting each cell. <laughs> okay. Okay. What would, uh, what would Casey say? Yeah, I think Casey would say, keep asking no more questions and keep reading my mind and find us on the Twitter machine
1: at 70s weekly or at 70 squeakly yeah.